All right, Ruthann, this week in trucking. This week in trucking. What is this week? The last week of September. Mm-hmm. 2023. Correct. We don't announce dates that often. No. But anyway, so you were actually, before I get started, you were talking about the um, trailer load of immigrants that had died last year. Was it like over 50 some? And you were you were going to give me some information on that. Yeah, there was, um, it happened in June of the previous year. 22. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what happened was, is there were four accomplices transporting a trailer of like 69 immigrants, I believe it was, and 53 of them had died. And this was from Mexico into the U.S.? Yeah. Obviously. This happened in San Antonio. The The four accomplices, two of them were truck drivers and two of them were not. And they were all communicating via phone during the transportation of this trailer, which was a reefer trailer, but it wasn't actually working. So there was no air in it and no water, no nothing. And what happened was the driver, whose last name is Zamorian, hold on, Z-A-M-O-R-A-N-O, Zamorino Jr., And then he had his other accomplice whose last name was uh, Martinez. Martinez is only like 29 years old. And what his job was is he transported Zamorino to the trailer that had all of the immigrants already preloaded in. And then Zamorino transported the immigrants to wherever they were supposed to go. And those two gentlemen are originally from Palestine, Texas. And the other two um, were outside of the U.S. Mexican citizens. Yes. And what happened was, is the, the driver, Zamorino, was seen hiding in a bush. And he had firearms and uh, all this strange stuff was going around. It's like it was not only were they, you could tell that they, they didn't want to do whatever they were doing because they were scared yeah they were really scared and and so everything that they were doing they were unsecure in in it and they were basically being completely suspicious so it was found out that they were doing this and the police were called for for a trailer that was seen on this dirt road and the per and you said it was in June, right? Yeah, June 27th, In San actually. Antonio. Yeah. So that means it was pretty hot. Dead summer, yeah. So what happened was, is someone had heard, like, screams for help and so forth, and they came over and found this trailer on this dirt road. When they opened it up, here there were um, humans, you know, immig- immigrants in there, and over half of them were already deceased. Wow. So that's what started this whole investigation. So last year, they all had their original sentencing, not sentencing, but um, judgment on them as far as to be arrested and so forth. So they all got, you know, like um, transporting, bodily harm, um, death, and firearms. So they had all of this big whole thing against them so far. So the person that I'm going to be talking about that just came up with his sentencing sentencing is Martinez. Like I said, he's like 29 years old from Palestine and he was, he's going to have his, his final sentencing, I should say June 4th or January 4th of 2024, who faces the maximum lifetime of prison because he wasn't transporting the actual trailer itself. The other driver was. So he was the mastermind then? Um, well, he was, I, they don't say he was the mastermind. I, I don't, I think the two Mexican citizens that were doing the initial via phone calls, I think those were the actual mastermind because the, the way they're describing it. But, you know, until you find out for sure, everybody's going to push the blame on someone else anyways. So it sounds like this is all that came out in trial. Is that yeah. That you're you're telling us about. Yeah. So and which one was the driver again? Zamarino. So Zamarino was the driver. He was the one found hidden. And you said they were communicating all on cell phones. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Zamarino obviously must have reported that the reefer wasn't working in the trailer. And this is when he panicked and bailed on the on the citizens, on the Mexican citizens that were 
trapped in the trailer, correct? Correct. You know, what I don't get, you know, what the, the worst part about all that is to me is I'm a, let's, let's say it was me driving, you know, doing something illegal it would be high stress that day. You know what I mean? You, you'd be in a panic. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a truck driver and you're, you're crossing the border and, you know, I've seen videos where they have, um, the, uh, immigrants that when they go through certain, uh, border crossings, they have x-rays and they could see inside these trailers mm-hmm. actually people. And so somehow these people got into the country, but then realized that the, uh, reefer unit had stopped working. Well, here's my thing. First off, you should already have a plan already in place if something like that happens. You know, when you, you're you a truck driver and you panic and you go, I'm out of here, screw this, this, is, this isn't working, these people are going to die. How about opening the door for them at least to get out and run? Okay, so so the, the plan failed. Guess what? Abort the mission, open the trailer door, and let the human beings at least get out and, and go. Maybe, maybe you're not going to get paid. I don't know. I guess it, maybe it's when you're, you're, you're transporting illegal immigrants in a tractor trailer, you don't get paid until they're delivered, probably so, just like any other freight, if you want to you know, call human beings freight. But there's got to be a contingency plan. Would you not agree with that, that they should just abort and open the door so people don't die? Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, I mean, I, I would have to go back and read all of the news and press releases that happened there because when it initially came out, there was a, a few of the stories you were not, they all had the same base, but they all had a little additional stuff in it. And like you said, I believe what happened was he was driving and he noticed that the refrigerated unit stopped working and he just panicked. And instead of opening the doors and running and hiding, he left it all sealed shut. And in return, the last surviving people had um, had to be rushed to basically ICU and, and try and survive because the police had said when they got there and they, they just touched the people that they were so burning up hot because of the heat that... You know, they just they were just all terrified. And it's actually this case is documented as one of the most horrific scenes that the police had to go on to for for the smuggling of immigrants because of how they they opened the back door. And the one police officer said, when you go to a tractor trailer, the last thing you expect to do when you open up the back door is see bodies piled on top of each other. Yeah, they were basically cooking. Right. Because you can, you know how you can cook an egg on pavement? I don't know what the temperatures in San Antonio in June would reach inside of a metal trailer, probably with limited uh, ventilation, mm-hmm. if any. Right. Um, it's got to be horrific. You know, there was another case years ago where a truck driver abandoned uh, a bunch of them, 30 or 40 of them died. It was like below Houston, he made it too. Mm-hmm. And because he wasn't going to get paid or something like that, he did the same thing. But not really, not that guy's in prison for life. He's doing life. Um, you are, and, and, and it's a, a, a great follow-up that you, you uh, just brought us. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a great message to anybody that's thinking of doing illegal things in a tractor trailer. Well, first off, you already know it's a lifetime ban on your CDL, right? Mm-hmm. Remember they announced that? Oh, yeah. Any human smuggling is a lifetime ban on CDLs. But, you know, in 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 your life, trying to make an extra, I don't even know what they make. It's still not worth it. It's, a human's life is not worth. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Even, even if you don't care about humans, which apparently... You know, you, it, I would say this guy didn't care about other human beings because he just, he did abandon them knowing that they're going to be, mm-hmm. you know, hurting or dying. Even if you don't care about humans, you may be thinking about the money. The, the risk is not worth the the punishment of when you get caught. You know what I mean? Like life in prison isn't worth an extra 50 or 100 grand or whatever the heck the guy was about to make. I don't know, but the bottom line is, Drivers, if you're thinking about doing something that could get you locked up for life, mm-hmm. think about what you're risking it for. Right. You know what I mean? Not only are you going to hurt human beings and kill them, but think about what you're saying is, I'm willing to risk 
my entire life in a six by six a prison cell for $10,000 or $20,000 whatever they right. I don't, again I don't know what they get paid but if he's done, if that if the trucker's that dumb he couldn't have been, been they couldn't be paying him much no i mean honestly it's like you said we both agree it's just it's not worth it and like you said he has to have not a high intelligence if you're willing to take those types of risks you know you think about it how many times do you, as a as a as a person we look at some of these people that do these really crazy risk-taking things and we're like you know the guy that does the change the light bulb you're like god that guy it's crazy yeah you get paid a lot but gosh it's just just crazy so with this here's what he's he's some of the some of the the things that he's being getting charged with by the da is um he pleaded guilty to one count of conspiracy to transport illegal aliens resulting in death one count of conspiracy to transport aliens resulting in serious bodily injury and placing lives in jeopardy. One count of transportation of illegal aliens and resulting in death. And one count of transportation of illegal aliens resulted in bodily injury and placing lives in jeopardy. So he got, I guess, they did it twice of the counts. I'm not sure why, but they still did it that way, I guess, because there were numerous you know, people that had had this happen. So he faces a maximum penalty of life in prison. But the other driver, I believe he actually got, they they were contemplating of uh, death penalty. So when you say other driver, which is the one getting sentenced on the 20 on, in January? Martinez. He was the one that transported the driver to the tractor trailer that had the immigrants already in it. Okay. So he's the one that delivered the trucker to pick up the immigrants. Right. Okay. So it sounds like he is part of the mastermind. And then, um, but did the truck driver get sentenced already? He's still being charged with, he was initially charged on the 20th of last year, but they're still doing the rest of the compilation is probably the best of it because of the paperwork and the, the trail that they're finding of, you know, everybody that's involved in it. So they haven't really released all of the details yet. Okay, so you will do a follow-up in January, and you'll let us know what the results are. I hope to, and I'll probably have a little bit like a recap of everything at one shot so we kind of have it all together. All right, moving on. Moving on. Let's take a break.
All right, we're back. I was um, playing around this week after talking to a couple truck drivers and trucking companies, and I, I kind of thought, you know what? I want to go look to see something here in the job market, in the trucking job market. And I got to be honest with you, it's kind of grim right now. Um, I did a, a quick scan of Craigslist, mm-hmm. which is probably where, you know, most trucking companies advertise, you know, besides Indeed and Facebook and all that. Um, compared to, say, a year ago, the average decent-sized city, you would click on the transportation jobs, correct? Then there would be at least a full page of jobs. Mm-hmm. When I say full page, what I mean by is the date. Okay, the date, like for example, if you ran an ad on September 29th, right? That would normally cover almost the entire Facebook page, or not Facebook, but Craigslist page. You would have to click on next page to see, you know, um, the next set of jobs. Right. Sometimes they do them by tens or whatever. Correct. Well, this is probably by a hundred. And so you, you would, you would get at least a hundred on a page per city. So I thought, let me check to see what's going on here. So I, I, I clicked on like one, two, three, four, five, six cities. Okay. And, and I ran it from September 25th to the 29th. All right. In Craigslist. Columbus, Ohio. Now, Columbus, Ohio probably has somewhere around seventeen to 19,000 drivers, maybe even 20,000 okay. Okay, truckers living in, in Columbus. Um, on the 29th, right, there was 28 jobs available. Wow. That's it. Just 28, 28 trucking jobs. That's like the number one job in the United States is trucking jobs. Okay. Uh, the 28th, there was only 19. The 27th, there was 28 jobs. The 26th. 14 jobs and on the 25th, 26 jobs. And so they all five days fit on one page. Exactly compared to say a year ago. Right. Or even months ago, right? Yeah. Even months ago, you're probably right. So it's, it's really gotten grim. Um, Cleveland, 26 jobs. Okay. And they In probably Cleveland. have, yeah, and they probably have, I'm guessing around the same as Columbus as far as drivers living there. 26 on on the 29th, seven jobs only on the 7th, which was Thursday. Seven jobs. Um, on the 27th, 14th, the, the day before that was seven. Um, Louisville, Kentucky, pretty good-sized city, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. 14 jobs were available in the trucking section wow. on the 29th. 11 jobs only. Okay, uh, 11 and just so you guys know, when you go on a Craigslist page, a lot of times some companies will double and triple their ads. They'll run it in the morning, then they'll run it in the afternoon so that they stay at the top of the page. So um, Atlanta would, would probably be the biggest city that I ran. Um, just today on the 29th, it was 50 jobs available and Atlanta has 32,000 truckers living there. Wow. So out of 32,000, not saying that there's 32,000 truckers without jobs. I'm just saying 32,000 truckers in Atlanta and all they had on the 29th post, it was 50 jobs. And then the day before 40. Wow. That's still a huge thing. Now I have to have a question Yeah, yeah go ahead. on those jobs. I mean, that's including local region like that's every trucking job even class a and class b yeah that's it right there that's transportation um and most of those jobs are class a mm-hmm. and and the one thing i did notice about atlanta probably 30 percent, even 40 percent of those jobs were owner operator jobs where they were wanting a guy with his own truck and trailer so in atlanta if you were look at say company jobs just you know on the 29th alone would have been about probably 30 jobs available in the city of Atlanta. That's, that's horrible. That's that, scary. That's very scary. Phoenix or Pittsburgh, rather I ran Pittsburgh, um, which would have been only 12 jobs available on the 29th, 10 jobs on the 28th, 12 on the 27th, 10 jobs available for truckers on the 
sixth, and on the 25th, there was 13 jobs. And one other city I pulled, I thought, oh, let's go to the West Coast, right? Um, I didn't go full West Coast. I went to Phoenix. And I was really surprised at um, Phoenix because I thought West Coast would be horrible. But Phoenix actually had 31 jobs, which still, then Phoenix actually has 20,830 truckers living there. And so they only had 31 jobs available, um, which was still more than a lot of the other cities. Um, the day before was 48 jobs. The 27th would have been 36 jobs. The 26th would have been 42 jobs. And on the 25th, which Mondays, it was a Monday, it was 49 jobs, which is usually when it's heavier advertising for truck drivers. So what I'm trying to say is if you have a good job, drivers, stick it out right now. Um, unless you see something really, really good. And again, I'm just going to give some personal advice here. If you're looking, if you're on the job market right now, find a trucking company that has either their own freight that they produce or find a trucking company that has contracted freight with customers that you know you're going to be running. Remember one thing, Ruth Ann, miles means money. Yes, miles is time and money. And I know a lot of truck drivers, you know, they won't they won't run. You hear truck drivers, I won't run for less than 70 cents. I won't run less for 65 cents. But the problem is I've, I've interviewed a lot of truck drivers this week, you know, Ed, that call in. And a lot of those guys that are on that 65, 70 cents a mile, they're bringing home $500 because they're sitting Right. There's because because the spot market is real grim right now. So all I'm saying is if you're looking to switch switch jobs, it's it's what I call survival time drivers. The market is making, I believe, a little bit of a switch for the better. You might not believe that, but I'm starting to see FedEx jobs also pop up, um, which means there's more freight, which means it's slowly getting better. But it could be a false meaning because the Christmas season is coming. True. Right. Very true. At the end of the year, we have that big push for Christmas. And so you're going to have, you're going to see an uptick. And then, of course, come January, you're going to see it drop off again. But the experts, everybody, including myself, are predicting really the spring of 24 for it to be better. Now, it doesn't mean it's going to be, but, you know, it's election year. Um, the country's got to get turned around somehow. And the assembly lines are really back to work now. Right. They're, they're working their way, and it's just taken some time yet, so they get boasting again. Yeah, this is exactly what you, have to, what you have the assembly lines doing right now is getting caught up on the things they were behind. Exactly. So getting ahead, it's going to take till, honestly, next year till you see anything that's even compared to normality. So, again, drivers, if you're out there looking for a job, be careful. Make sure you ask the, the one question you have to ask is, are you on the spot market or do you have contracts? And if you have contracts, how long ago did you sign those contracts? And also, what are those contracts? And, you know, of course, you know, the common question is what freight lanes? Uh, I talked to a trucking company this past week. They said, listen, we have our own freight. He said, but the problem is it's hard to find drivers wanting to do what we do. We deliver at night, this one company told me, okay? And we have certain customers that need to be serviced on the weekends. So obviously most truck drivers, they want to find a job where they're home every weekend. Not many want to drive at night. But right now, again, it's survival time. Right, right. Yeah, you got, you got, you got to make the decision right now, which is more important, you being at home doing family time, which I, I agree is extremely important, but you also have to make your family survive food, shelter, paying your electric bill, you know, kiddos want stuff. So honestly, being there for your kids is great, but making sure that they survive and thrive and showing a good example is just as important too. Yeah. I mean, think about this. Let's say you take a job right now where you're, you're, grossing, I don't know, twelve to seventeen hundred dollars a week minus taxes. Because a lot of your jobs are going back to W two right now. 
And a lot of guys are like, well, that's only a $1,000 bring home. Guess what? Hold your nose and survive until the freight comes back. And when rates go back up, that's when you can make your move. But you're, you're sure aren't going to make any money right now running for spot market companies that are relying on broker loads. It's just, it just isn't going to happen. I don't care what they're paying you a mile. Miles mean money. And, it, and consistency really means your bill's being taken care of. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Moving on, Ruthann. Moving on. Moving on. I got a question for you. It's oh. a trucking question, okay. obviously. Let's see if I can answer it. All right. So uh, the United States government is possibly shutting down tonight. Okay. So now everybody knows exactly what day we're doing our podcast this week. Okay. It's, and, and what it is, is it's, it's a government shutdown and, and it says government shutdowns occurs when the legislative branch does not pass key bills, which fund or authorize the operations of executive branch resulting in uh, cessations of some or all operations of the government. But here's the question for you. What do you think happens if the government shuts down? What happens to the FMCSA during a government shutdown? That's government. What do, what's your thoughts there? Do you have any idea? I have the answer. Do you want me to give my... No, I'm just saying. My surmising, or do you want to yeah. just give us the answer? Yeah, like, like, <laughs> what do you do? You have like a hunch of what happens if the FM if the government shuts down the FMCSA as government. What do, what do you think happens? If, if you're not sure, I'll just tell you. Well, honestly, here's the thing: you have state police and stuff. They're also considered government, but they're not going to stop doing their job. You know, just because the government itself that 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 government branch, well, the government doesn't get paid. This is one of the things that's going to happen. Government workers do not get paid after midnight tonight if they shut down, and it looks like they're gonna. And we'll know on Monday when this podcast comes out. But seriously, so what do you think is going to happen? I think the FF, FMCSA is going to still stay. Well, you're right. See, I'm good. <laughs> well, because they have different, they have different funding. They have different standards too. <laughs> well, uh, bo- bottom line is um, FMCSA is still going to be operating. So if anybody was hoping that they would. Not be having the FMCSA still up their giggy. <laughs> <laughs> they were wrong. They're going to still be operating. The state police, the yeah. FMCSA, the IRS. Yeah, they're still going to be rocking. So moving on. Moving on. Hey, I got a warning for all truckers. Um, it says, it, listen, that hold it on, says. Hold on, Nick. Is a warning? Well, yeah, you can do it that way. Okay, there we go. Or boop, boop, boop. All right, anyways. Um, it says, the owner of a shell station at I-40 and exit 35 in Fayette County, Tennessee, did not want uh, names released to the public, but says he needs to warn truckers about a bad contract he signed with a towing company linked to illegal towing of semi-trucks. This is some bad stuff I was reading. It's crazy. says the owner of the station recently signed a contract with S, S is in Sam, line towing, S line towing, and one day later realized that the company was that they are working with A1 towing and hauling, and that's a company recently linked to multiple arrests for theft and carjacking after booting and towing semi-trucks illegally now he wants to warn drivers that the company has refused to cancel the contract. So he's trying to get out of this contract. Mm-hmm. Guess what they're doing? When truckers pull into his lot now, um, if they did, you know, and they didn't pay yet, because he was just trying to set up a pay system for these truckers. This, well, you know what? To be honest with you, this goes back to the owner of this truck stop. Also, you were trying to make a couple more dollars on the trucker by making him pay which probably wasn't always that way. And you were hiring a tow trucking company to monitor this. Mm -hmm. And so now it it was saying how this one trucker, he just pulled into the lot, went in to go to the bathroom. When he came out, they were already towing his truck away. Wow. I know. It's like, wow. So I would just, I would just, um, I would just tell everybody to avoid that truck stop right now. And, and, you know, or, or if you're pulling in, Make sure you pay or find out what exactly, okay, you need to do to not come out and have your truck in tow. Well, if this guy just walked in to go to the bathroom, 
you know, I don't know how you'd find out that quickly, you know, do you call or, or, you know, Hey, how can I get this situation? I mean, whatever the circumstances are, I would say just kind of like use it, avoid them until he gets this straightened out. I agree a hundred percent. So moving on, moving on, moving on, watch that truck stop guys. I'm not saying I shouldn't say they should avoid. I should say, you know, avoid if you want to, um, personally, but you know, bottom line is just make sure you know if you need to, because some drivers are like, well, I, I need to stop there. Right. Bottom line is, you know, make sure because you don't want your truck towed. Right. But I'll tell you what, I'm glad I don't drive anymore. <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it's just crazy. Crazy. I, I only ever paid for one parking space ever when I was a truck driver, and that was in, at the Detroiter. I think they might have been the very first ones ever to charge for trucking. But moving on. Moving on. So check this out. In Monrovia, Maryland, at a Costco distribution, um, police were called out to do a welfare check on a semi-truck that was operated by a driver named Matthew Watley. Um, Once police made contact with the trucker, he became he, oh yeah, he became argumentative, and they quickly noticed that he was under the influence. Oh. So he's at a distribution, right? So police, they, you know, became suspicious. So they, and this is, I've always said police should do this when they get suspicious of a lot of people, is they went ahead and put stop sticks. You know what they are, the spikes? Mm-hmm. They went ahead and put stop sticks behind and in front of his truck. So if he goes to pull away, he's going to blow out his wheels, okay, his tires. Right. And uh, I think truck uh, cops should do that for anybody that all of a sudden they think is might run on them. Um, but so they do this, and so Watley took off anyways. He, t- he attempts to flee, blows out all his tires, and next thing you know, they're on a slow police chase, and they eventually stop him and arrest him. The story turns when they investigate. Obviously, now they got to get into his truck, and so they get in the truck and they investigate and uh, they find a dead woman. <gasps> exactly. 46-year-old Candace Johnson was dead. Um, and uh, they end up taking him to a mental hospital and then, uh, and then arrested him. But he got charged with first and second degree murder. So don't know. That's really all they gave us on this story. Um, I would say though, that that is probably the bizarre story of the week. You know, you're delivering, you're at a delivery point or a pickup, whatever he was doing there. And then, oh, apparently somebody, I don't know if somebody in the parking lot, um, noticed him staggering around. There was one of his windows was blown out too. And they said that they called in and said, they think this guy was under the influence. And then they show up. I mean, who if you're going to murder somebody, and I'm not in any way making light of this, but I swear the criminals are about the dumbest there is. Yeah. Drug runners. They, they'll get a trunk full of heroin or something, and they'll do 100 miles an hour and get pulled over. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like, what are you guys doing? You know, here's a guy with a dead body. And again, I'm not making light of this poor woman and her family, but I'm just saying about the dumb criminal, who the hell... You murder somebody and then you get drunk and 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 you're it's almost like they're trying to get caught. It's like let me get a let me get everybody's attention here. Well, I mean, you really don't know the circumstances. I mean, he could have gotten drunk because of so many different reasons. The bottom line is he's a little bit crazy, first of all, to go to extreme to kill another human. I, I just I don't understand it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm I'm flabbergasted, but I'm glad that whoever called it in called it in because that woman's family at least has a little bit of closure on what happened. You know, that's actually a great comment because if you see something like that and turn a blind eye, whoever did call in, you know, uh, we salute you because like you just said, Ruthen, the anguish of all of a sudden she disappeared. I don't know what happened to her. You know what I mean? It was probably going to happen next if he dumped her somewhere. And wow, what a difference that call in. I wonder if they'll find other cases that might tie to him. Ooh. 
Uh, you never know. You never so. know. You never but anyways, know. moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Okay. Um, check this one out. Just a just quick note here. For all you drivers that are thinking that you're really good at texting and driving. You're, you're really not. I mean, I watched this video of this trucker, and he's he's in town, and he's flying through a town. Now, flying, I don't know what his speed was, but I could tell you this. He was doing something because he ran right through three stop vehicles at a light and ended up killing one guy. Then he gets out, runs across the street, and orders lunch at some place, I guess to try to trip everybody up. Um, it says a Manteca man is facing murder charge after police say he drove his semi-truck on a deadly collision course in Parker, Arizona. Parker police confirmed that 28-year-old Karan Karan Singh uh, is from Manteca and that after the fiery crash, surveillance video shows the moment I'm sorry, after the fiery crash, he walked away from the scene and ordered lunch for himself. Surveillance video shows the moment of impact, and I watched it. It was, it was nasty. Um, it says the crash left one person dead and several uh, others injured. Um, it, it, it's a little crazy, you know, that uh, people actually think in this day and age still that they can just keep texting and driving. And and to be honest with you, he's probably no different, okay? Um, I was recently in a car with somebody texting and driving, and I even had to say to him, hey, you got stopped traffic, and he looked up and, and came to a stop. So, you know what the bottom line is? It's, it's not if you're going to hit somebody, it's when. And drivers, this is just a quick segment here. I'm going to keep reminding you guys, and I mean this sincerely, okay? It is not worth going to prison. This guy, it doesn't say he was drunk. It doesn't say he was on drugs. It just says he's charged with murder, which is probably going to result from, my guess is he was on his phone looking down and just crashed through everybody. I'm not saying he didn't have a medical emergency, but... Bottom line is, if you can crash and then get out, walk across the street, and order lunch, mm-hmm. I'm guessing you knew you were doing something wrong, and now your butt is in a lot of trouble. And guys, I'm telling you, even if they drop the charges, he's still going to see prison time. There's been so many reports. We do a report at least once a year on a trucker that goes to prison for a long time, Ruth Ann, all because he couldn't put that damn phone down. And guys, I'm telling you, a lot of you guys are out there thinking, yeah, 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 Troy, whatever. I'm fine. I, 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 I keep looking up. I, I look at it for three seconds, and I look up. I read a sentence, and then I look up. I'll do this and then I'll look up. I'm telling you, one of these days, it's just going to it's gonna get you. And Ruth Ann, you and I both know, you blink your eyes mm-hmm. and then there's there's brake lights in front of you. You didn't yeah. even realize it. And it, it, it don't have to happen at a red light or a stop sign. It can happen driving down the street because you don't know what the person in front of you is really going to do. They can have an animal run out in front of them and be one of these people that are going to slam their brakes on. And you are the unlucky person that is too close to them or maybe you had enough safe distance but because you were looking down, it counteracted that safe distance for you, and you had too too quick of an action that you had to to perform. Very good. So, anyways, drivers, that's just my subtle way of just reminding you. And you know, Ruth, we get people that write in and say, "Well, you know what? Really, thank you for that. You know, um, you know, reminding me or telling me about this." And they, and they do change. So hopefully, if we can at least get a couple people to stop doing it, Ruth Ann, at least we're doing our part also. Hey, if I save one life, right? Hey, moving on. Moving on. So Ruth Ann, um, what's his name? Corey Patzold mm-hmm. had written in to us, and then he wrote you a separate letter, right? Yeah. And, you know, he, I don't normally go try to go off the trucking path. You know, he was a guy that I guess he went to England school and now he's working for another company. Really nice guy. He writes in, sends us stuff. But he wanted me to mention. He asked me, he said, I, I know it's off trucking, but could you mention? And um, 
I guess he's really wanting some viewer advice about the nine, his nine-year-old nephew. Did you read that part? No? Okay. So, but that was on the page, not to the letter he wrote to you. Um, so anyway, so what happened was his nine-year-old nephew was playing with a bunch of other nine-year-olds and, and little kids. And the one kid pulled out a gun and, and wanted to play Russian roulette. Horrible, horrible story. Mm-hmm. And he asked me to, because nobody's been charged. And so I think he's, anyway, so they, they did this for a couple seconds. And then his nephew was like, no, nah, I, I want to get out of here. And, and, and he went to walk away. And I guess the other night, now this is allegedly, I don't know the names anyways. Um, the other nine-year-old just pointed and pulled the trigger at him and, and killed him instantly. And so nobody's been charged. The police aren't doing anything is what Corey tells me. And he just wanted to mention this. And he asked, you know, what what is there that can be done? And so we already know by putting this out there, we're going to get we're going to get people writing in and telling us, you know, uh, maybe some suggestions for him. But Corey is a trucker and he was asking people for a little bit of advice for them. Yeah. Some prayers too. And some prayers. Absolutely. What a, what a horrible thing. He told me, he said, you know what I really miss about my nine year old nephew was he would call and ask if he could go for a ride in the semi truck. <laughs> you know, can I get, or at least come over and jump in mm-hmm. and see the truck, you know, cause you know, little kids are fascinated with, oh, yeah. with the big trucks. I mean, I was fascinated with my grandfather's truck. I loved when I would come over to the garage when I was a kid, I loved just crawling up in it and hiding in the, in the bunk. You know, it's like a fort. Yeah, it was a fort, you know, which was really cool. So um, prayers for Corey and drivers. If you have any any answers for Corey or any suggestions, um, write to Ruthann at TalkCDL.com. That's R-U-T-H-A-N-N at TalkCDL.com. And once again, Ruthann, moving on. Once again, it's time maybe to do a couple interviews with some drivers. I'd like to get Ben on the show. But um, anybody's looking to do an interview, please write to Troy at TalkCDL.com. Love to um, patch you in via phone to our mics. Hang out with us. Tell us a story if you got something really cool to tell us in trucking. Any any news that you know about or whatnot. But that's really, Ruthann, that's my podcast for the week. What do you got for us? I have Kansas this week. Visiting Kansas. I could tell you, honestly, uh, I don't, I'm not saying I don't like Kansas. But there's not much there. I mean, I thought I would have a harder time at, at other states, but Kansas right now tops the holy cow. There's not much here. <laughs> and, and there might be a cow. And you're right. I've driven through Kansas on my way to Colorado, and it was kind of, I don't want to say boring, but it's probably more farmland. And um, I think that's where they have, like, a lot of your slaughterhouses for beef and stuff out there. So Well, it, it, there was none of those as the sightseeing places but like your ball of twine okay yay the largest ball of twine nah how about the largest hairball you know where they got that from no a cow's belly how big is it i don't know i didn't care i moved on i'm like that is like i don't want to see the largest hairball on a cow from came from a cow's belly so you don't see truckers saying oh let's go see the big hairball no i honestly don't see drivers wanting to do that you know there's a reason why they put slaughterhouses in Kansas because there's nothing else because there's nothing there (laughs) and your your bunny huggers and your protesters they literally will not travel out to the middle of nowhere that has no facilities no places you know what I mean to you know get a hotel go to bathrooms and all that good stuff there's no place to stay it was it was definitely unless you're into the Wizard of Oz Evil Knievel or nothing because Rock formations, literally, it's like, I have the geographic center of the contiguous United States is right in Kansas. The geographic. In other words, if you have the United States and you wanted to find the direct center of the United States, it's actually in Lebanon, Kansas. Oh, that's pretty cool. So if you, listen, the reason I like that, Ruthann, I'm serious, because you remember when we went to Key West, where did we go to? Route 1. The most southern point. Exactly, right where zero the zero marker is uh, in the United States. Ruth and I have been there to get a big yellow thing there. I guess it says zero on it or whatever. I think it's like a bell or something like it, that. Too. It, that's like concrete. But anyway, so Kansas, right, has the zero 
center point of the United States. Mm-hmm. I would actually try, I would actually go there. Well, I'm going to give you the address. I'm going to give you what it, because you don't actually have like a street address. So what it is, is it's Highway 191, Lebanon, Kansas. But the actual um, longitude, latitude markings are 39.8282 by 98.5696. So you can, you can check and see where that's at. There's a little marker. There's like a stone pillar that's, I don't know, maybe like eight feet high, seven feet high, that is like shows that it's the center. And then they actually have a little tiny chapel that if someone wants to get married in the center of the U.S., they can get married in the center of the U.S. So that's what I thought was actually cute of that place. And my next one is also, of course, in Kansas, and it is Jones Barbecue Vending Machine. Now, this is in Kansas City, and the only reason why I pulled that is because... I know drivers would want to get a barbecue sandwich in KC. But did you say vending machine? It's a vending machine. So I thought that was pretty funny. That is actually in a strip mall. So you should be able to get some parking. And it's called Jones's Barbecue. It's at 6706 K-A-W Drive, Kansas City. And they had, like, it, that's an actual barbecue stand. But what they do is they, when they open up, when they're out, they're out and they close down for the day. So what they did is they created a vending machine that they put on there and, you know, those little plastic um, containers that have, that you can get like banana pudding and, and that kind of stuff in. Well, that's the kind of containers they use. It's a refrigerated vending machine and they have like a little slider size of, barbecue in it with a side and some sauce so wow yeah and they only take credit cards no cash all right is that it for kansas no i have one other place i'd like to pull out and that's only because i thought it was interesting okay go ahead it's in elm creek kansas it's called alcove springs and this is for the history people basically alcove springs is the last destination the donner party had made before they went up into the mountain really yeah right Alco Springs is the last what? It's the last stop that the Donner Party made before they went into the final crossings into the mountains. Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. So then they just kind of kept on going and camping, but they camped there for a while. Is that what that's what you're saying? Well, yeah. What happened was is there was a river that they when I guess when they were traveling this Blue River, it's called, had um, flooded. And they got stuck at this alcove springs. So they had to stay there for a bit before they were able to move on to the rest of their trail into California. And when this happened, it was in, I guess, 1846 is when it happened. They um, they stopped there and they actually named alcove springs. They carved it into the stone on the top there. And they spent a little bit of time there and they actually had to bury one of their party members there was 81 in the party and out of the 81 in the party only 45 survived i didn't know if anybody actually knew that but they had to bury one of their um, party members there because um, she actually died of old age her name was sarah key so she's actually buried near the springs there all right very good so three places in kansas you found them you had to dig kansas was your Kansas, you had to do a little work to find places for truckers to check I, out. I actually had a, I, that was the first. So. I would definitely love to do the center of Kansas. That's, that, that's the place I would be hitting if that was me. Yeah. It, and what was, uh, you, you gave the coordinates, but did, was there a town right there um, where it was at or not? I was just curious because, you know what, I may want to visit it myself someday. I could check and see real quick. Yeah, go ahead. I'm just curious. Because, like I said, we were at the set, and you know where else we and I were at? Remember when we went to Alaska and we ate at the most northern Denny's ever? That was actually interesting. I liked that. Yeah, we had reindeer sausage. So we had the most northern Denny's we were at. We were at the most southern tip of the United States. Well, at least on the East Coast. I, I, I think, I think that's still more south than any place in Texas, um, in Key West, but. Um, Definitely would, would shoot for the center point of the United States. I think that would be cool. All right. Let me pull this. I, I just, I have to look and see what they, I just said highway 91, 191 in Lebanon. 
So let's see. Does it give anything? Oh, you said Lebanon? Yeah, Lebanon, Kansas. Oh, so it's in Lebanon. You did say that before. Mm-hmm. Duh. Okay, so Lebanon, Kansas. Cool, perfect. All right, so moving on. Moving on. Moving on. Do you have anything else? Do you have the word of the day for I us? do have the word of the day. Let's hear it. Fugacious. Fugacious? Fugacious. Fugacious. F-U-G-A-C-I-O-U-S. Fugacious. It's an adjective. All right. And it's from Word Genius. We always like to mention Word Genius. They are not a sponsor of the show, but they definitely fit in here, Ruthann. We love giving people new words to use that, that aren't curse words. Yeah, it's so nice to use yeah, something they, different. Oh, yeah. So it, the word means tending to disappear or fleeting. So cookies are quite fugacious in my house. Or the hummingbird made a fucacious stop on my flowers. Oh, cool. Fleeting. Fleeting. Wow. Well, Ruth and um, enjoyed the show. And we are out of here. Peace. Peace. Praise the Lord.